Happy birthday to Sister Melody. So, amen. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to invite you to turn in them with me to the book of Psalms, the 106th Psalm. Praise the Lord. Psalms 106, I'm just going to read one verse from this. Actually, if really good, if you'll help me, I didn't put all these verses in there, but why don't we read a few of these verses? Um, maybe start about verse 15. Psalms 106, verse 15. It'll give us a little more of a context of what's happening here. This is one of the longer psalms in all of the book. And... Uh, It's telling a story. So Psalms 106, beginning at verse 15. He gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. God's talking about his people. Verse 16, they envied Moses also in the camp, and Aaron the saint of the Lord. The earth opened and swallowed up Dathan and covered the company of Abiram. And a fire was kindled in their company. The flame burned up the wicked. They made a calf in Horeb and worshipped the molten image. Thus they changed their glory into the similitude of an ox that eateth grass. Verse 21, they forgot God their Savior, which had done great things in Egypt, wondrous works in the land of Ham and terrible things by the Red Sea. Therefore he said that he would destroy them had not Moses his chosen stood before him in the breach to turn away his wrath, lest he should destroy them. Yea, they despised the pleasant land, and they believed not his word, but murmured in their tents, and hearkened not unto the voice of the Lord. Therefore he lifted up his hand against them, to overthrow them in the wilderness, to overthrow their seed also among the nations, to scatter them in the lands. And they joined themselves also unto Baal Peor, and ate the sacrifices of the dead. And on and on this goes, this passage of Scripture talks about the people of Israel and their rejection of the Lord. But I want to use as a launching place this morning, or a text this morning, that 21st verse. And it says that they forgot God their Savior, which had done great things in Egypt. They forgot God their Savior. So that's what I want to preach to us this morning for a few minutes. Just don't forget God. Don't forget God. Amen. Don't forget Him. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. If there's, if there's something I've heard, and you've probably heard it, and, and I've said it, and maybe many of you have said it, we've said things like this, I'm too busy. I'm just too busy. Got too much going on. Busy, busy, busy. They used to talk about how that technology advanced and as automation and robotics began to, to grow in, in industry, they used to talk about how that when all this stuff came into play that it would, it would actually make life easier on us and we would have more leisure time and people would have the ability to just let the machines run it and people could sit back and enjoy their life. But what's actually happened, and, and, I'm, and I know you would agree with this, but what's actually happened is as technology has grown and, and automation has expanded, all it has done is that it speeds up our life and we accomplish more because of that technology. It just keeps speeding things up and we're just moving faster and faster. We're really not relaxing anymore or uh, taking off more time. We're just doing thing, more things faster. And so many people are busy, or at least they have convinced themselves they are busy. One author said, we tediously create calendars filled with empty duties, and then we foolishly let those calendars empty us. But I'm convinced, you may disagree, but I'm convinced for most people, busyness is a choice. It's a choice of life. Most of us choose the pace at which we want to live. And... Uh, I read a book earlier this year, I think it was this year, it may have been last year, but uh, Kevin DeYoung wrote a book called Crazy Busy, and he told the story about a woman, I don't know if it's a true story or not, but he told the story about a woman who came to the United States and 
everywhere she went, she just introduced herself as, hi, I'm busy, hi, I'm busy, I'm busy, because that's what she heard all the time was everybody talking about, I'm busy, I'm busy, and so she just figured it was part of a, just a traditional greeting that, hey, I'm busy. But, you know, sometimes um, people are not always as busy with their jobs or their occupations or sometimes people aren't always busy with their, their, their jobs. Oftentimes people are busy with their thoughts. They're preoccupied. <clears throat> They're thinking about other things. So they, they instead of being diligent or something, maybe with their hands and being involved in something, their mind is working. What if this happens? What if this happens? What if, what if we run out of money? What if this happens to the kids? What if, what if war starts in America and people are preoccupied with their thoughts? They're really not all that active per se, but they're preoccupied. And so it's hard to focus. It's hard for them to hone in and, and think about the most important things in life. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but have, have you ever noticed how hard it is for people to be present? Have you ever noticed that? It's hard for people to, they, they struggle to be where they're at. You might be sitting there this morning struggling to be in church because many people, they struggle to be in the moment. When, they, when they're at work, their mind is at home. They're thinking about what they have to do, what they have to accomplish, and they're not really at work. Does that make sense? They struggle to be present. They struggle to be in the moment, and so their mind is on what's coming up next. So they go home and they spend time with their kids, but their mind is really not present with their kids. They're not there, and they're struggling because they're thinking about what they have to do the next day or that night, and they, they, they battle with being in the moment. They go on vacation and they think about everything they left undone at home, distracted. But whether we're busy or occupied or we're preoccupied or we're not present or we're not in the moment, whatever the case may or may not be, I just want to remind us, don't forget God. Don't forget about Him. In all of life's pursuits and problems and and everything we're involved in, don't leave God behind. Because if we forget God, what happens is this tidal wave called life. It just keeps building and keeps growing and it keeps, and finally it catches over us and we just get washed away in life and God's somewhere back in the past. He's not, he's not, he's not a part of our everyday life. You remember, you remember the, the man in the, the Bible, his name is Jacob? <clears throat> remember, remember his story in the Old Testament, how that he, he leaves home, he's, he's, he's actually running away from his brother, it's in Genesis 28, but he's, he's, he's actually trying to get away from home and uh, flee from his twin who has vowed to kill him, and so he's starting this whole new chapter in his life, pardon me for just a second, <clears throat> Thought I had it turned off. But here was Jacob, and he's, he's in this transition period. Transitions, changes, seasons, crossroads in our life. They're important times in our life. All right, somebody's going to have to help me say amen once in a while. Transitions are important. That's when a lot of times people lose out with God. They get to new seasons, new chapters, major events, life events happen. And sometimes it grows, pushes people closer to God. Sometimes it, it draws them away from the Lord. But Jacob was in this point, and he leaves his land where he had grown up. And look at verse number 10, if you have your Bible open. Genesis 28 and 10. He said, the Bible says that Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night. Because the sun was set, he took of the stones of that place and put them in his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set upon the earth. 
and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest, and, and to thee will I give it to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, to the east, the north, the south, and in thee and thy seed, and all the families of the earth shall be blessed, or all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee, and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, and will bring thee again into this land. For I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee. So this is a very important time in Jacob's life. He's moving on. He's growing up. He's in that, that season in his life. And he takes those rocks and he makes a pillow out of them. And he goes to sleep and he sees this vision, the dream. The angels are going up and down the ladder into heaven. The Lord's at the top of the ladder saying, Jacob, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to, everywhere you place your foot, I'm going to give it to you. The Lord's speaking to him. But you get to verse 16. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep. And he said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. What an experience to have. To be in a place and to realize that God could have been there. And not even realize, not even realize until after the fact, hey, God was working, God was speaking, God was dealing, God was directing my life. And all of a sudden, after the fact, then I then he realized God was there. And sometimes people come to church, sometimes people get in the presence of the Lord, and great things are happening, and the Lord's moving, and people are worshiping the Lord, and prayers are being answered. And Bodies are being healed. Great things are happening all around. And sometimes there's that individual. Oh, the Lord must be here. God must have been in this service. And the whole time they have just kind of snoozed through the whole time. They just let it pass by until finally they wake up and realize, hey, God is here. God is in this place. And I want you to know God's in this service right now. He's here, he's working, he's speaking. In fact, God's trying to direct some lives. God's trying to get a hold of some hearts. He wants to help people. He wants to save people, deliver people. But sometimes people just snooze right through it. They sleep right through it. It's just another part of the adventure, another day in the life. It's another time of, the, you know, as, as we're trying to get to where we're going. And we get too distracted. We are too busy. Whatever your definition of busy is, we are just too busy. But don't forget God. Don't forget Him. He's here. See, because we've all got things we enjoy doing. I've got things I enjoy doing. You've got things you enjoy doing. And we go on vacation. That's, that's a great thing. We like to spend time with family. We like to spend time with friends. Just hang out. Some people, some people take a lot of pleasure in doing yard work. Some people, they want to uh, plant flowers. They dig holes in the ground and they plant seeds and they watch it. They plant a garden. They enjoy that. It's, it's kind of therapeutic for a lot of people to get out there and get their hands dirty. And they enjoy those types of things. There's nothing wrong with that. There's, a lot of people like to mow the grass. I do if I'm not pushing it, if I can sit and I can put some earbuds in. I enjoy that. That's, that's therapeutic almost, to, to just mow the grass and listen to something. Or Some people just, just, they just want to go sit in that chair and drink a cup of coffee, eat a donut. I know, I shouldn't talk about donuts on Sunday morning, but that's a good time for some of us. Some people would like to go out and they're building their shop and they, they start building something fixing something. They work on, work on cars or work on things, and that's what they enjoy doing. Some people, some people they, they have all kinds of hobbies. Some people will go get their gun, and they'll go out in the woods, and they'll sit in the woods, and they'll hunt. They'll just relax. That's a good time. Or they'll get their fishing pole, and they'll go fishing. It's a good time. Just get away. You know, they'll do all number of things. Some people, I don't know if there's anybody here some people like to get their camera and they'll go out and they'll go look at, take pictures of butterflies and flowers and, and leaves and the colors and that's, that's a good time for them. Other people, other people they, 
In fact, Sister Hanson and I did this a few weeks ago on a Wednesday night after church. We just we drug a couple of chairs out away from the house a little bit. It was still warm enough for the mosquitoes to be out, but we just sat in a couple of chairs, and we just watched the sky for a little while. We were watching for those satellites. Every once in a while, you could see a satellite just kind of creeping by in the sky. We looked real close, and, and there, were, there were several things that were, that were buzzing by, and we didn't know if there were planes. They looked too low to be planes. We wondered if somebody had some drones out there, you know, flying them around at night, taking pictures of us as we're sitting outside on the, on the road out in front of the house or something, you know. But that's what sometimes people do. They just sit and they relax. Some people, some people get a pen and a journal, and that's what they like to do. They enjoy that. Just, some people, there's probably several in our church that would just as well enjoy coming to sit at a place like this and just, that's what they enjoy doing. There, it's any number of things, riding, riding a bicycle or whatever, you know, and the list could go on and on. I think you get the point what I'm trying to say. And there are, there are many, many things that are associated with life that they are, they are what, I would, what I would call they are neutral. They are inherently neutral. There's nothing wrong with a fishing pole or a, or a, a you know, a plant flowers. They're, they're not evil. They're not good. They're, they're just neutral. There's all kinds of things that in life that, 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 that we have and that we can do that, that are neither good nor bad. And, and I think everybody needs to have time where they unplug. And I think everybody needs to have time where they relax. I think that's biblical, actually, where we can just get away once in a while. But I'm going to tell you something here this morning, and, and I think you know this, but there's a, there's a strong temptation, especially in the day and the hour in which we're living, for us to become lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. That's a sign of the last days when our, when our desire to do pleasure trumps our desire to live for God. And we begin to put other things in front of our walk with the Lord. And we begin to put things in front of our prayer life. And we begin to put things in front of being faithful to God. Those, that's, when the, that's when it becomes, that's when the, 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 it flips and then it's no longer beneficial to us because we leave God behind. So I just need to remind us today that it's fine to have hobbies and pleasures and, and downtime, but include God. Include and make sure He's in it. So if you go out with your camera and start taking pictures of butterflies, make sure God's acknowledged in all that. Praise God. Don't forget God. When people go on vacation, they don't need to leave God behind. When people do their hobby, they don't need to, they shouldn't forget God is even around. Because what happens is too many people, they have put God in this box. It's their Sunday box. And God is relegated to our Sundays and, and, and you know, he's, he's, he's really not supposed to be there with everything else in my life. But that's not true. God is supposed to be in every part, in every aspect, in every day of our lives. Not just Sundays, but He's supposed to be there on Mondays. Colossians chapter 1, verse 17. The apostle wrote to this church and he made this statement. Let me get over here. GEPC, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Colossians 1, 17, excuse me. And he is before all things. And by him all things consist. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. That, that verse says he is before, he is the head, he is the beginning, and that in all things he might have the preeminence. And when something or someone is before, when they're the head, when they are the beginning, that's a very important place to hold. So I've got to ask the question, is God first? Is God the most important? Does he hold the preeminent position? Is he the first one to be sought after? Don't 
forget God. Turn, turn back to the Old Testament book of Isaiah. Chapter 47. This, this prophet was talking to, actually prophesying about Babylon. And he makes some, some very interesting statements here. Isaiah chapter 47, verse 7. If you, you know, if you read in the book of Revelation about Babylon, Babylon's referred to as the harlot or the whore. So look what it says here in Isaiah 47, verse 7. And thou saidest, I shall be a lady forever, so that thou didst not lay these things to thy heart, neither didst remember the latter end of it. So this is, this is Babylon's attitude. This is what this is talking about. It's talking about Babylon's attitude. I shall be a lady forever. So you did not lay these things to your heart, the Lord says. Neither did you remember the latter end. In other words, Babylon, you've forgotten some things. You've forgotten the latter end of it, he said. So verse 8. Therefore hear now this, thou that art given to pleasures, that dwellest carelessly, that say in your heart or in thine heart, I am and none else beside me. I shall not sit as a widow, neither shall I know the loss of children. This is the attitude, if you will, of Babylon. It's an arrogant attitude. And it's 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 picture of this lady that says, um, I I am the most important. Um, that as, again it says there in verse eight, which say in your heart, I am, and none else beside me. In other words, it's it's all about me. Babylon that's given to pleasures. It's all about me. I shall not sit as a widow. Verse number uh, 10. Skip on down to verse 10 here. For thou hast trusted in thy wickedness. And thou hast said, none seeth me. Thy wisdom and thy knowledge it hath perverted thee. Thou hast said in thine heart, I am and none else beside me. Therefore shall evil come upon thee. And thou shalt not know from whence it riseth and mischief shall fall upon thee, and thou shalt not be able to put it off, and desolation shall come upon thee, and suddenly, which thou shalt not know. This attitude that uh, God's not paying attention. It's all about me. I just do what I want. And uh, that doesn't sound like the best opportunity or life to be living. When you put God aside, when you leave him behind. The psalmist said, the wicked, I don't know if I put this in there, Brother Good, but Psalms 10 says, the wicked, through the, the pride of his countenance. Look at this verse. The wicked, through the pride of his countenance. See, this is where we have to be careful, folks. If, if, if you'll just let me be a pastor here for a minute. But this is where we have to be careful. The wicked, through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. God, I don't want you to be a part of this area of my life. I don't need you in this area of my life. God, I can handle it. I've got it under control through the pride of his countenance. God is not in all of his thoughts. See, see there's a lot of people that they're not... They won't come out and tell you, I'm an atheist. There's a lot of people that won't just step out and say, I don't believe in God. But the way they direct their life and the way they live their life, they are saying it loud and clear. I don't believe in God. They have forgotten God. But my, how the Lord has been good to us. He has been so good. To me. You know, Jesus had ten lepers 
he saw ten people who needed cleansing from leprosy. And he healed all ten of them. He said, go show yourself the priest. They go on their way. But there was just one. There was just one. You know what the Bible says in Luke? Whatever chapter it is, I don't remember now. But there was one out of the ten. He stopped and with a loud voice. Praise God. Glory to God. With a loud voice, he glorified God. He said, I'm cleansed. There's been a change. And he went back and he bowed himself down before Jesus. Jesus looked and he said, weren't there ten? Where's the nine? Oh, they forgot. They forgot to say thank you. They forgot to praise God. They forgot what the Lord had done for them. They forgot Jesus cleansed them. They forgot the Lord had helped them in their season in life. They forgot Jesus healed them. They forgot to go back and say thank you. Hey, don't forget to give thanks to God. Don't forget to give praise to the Lord. Open your mouth with a loud voice. Thank you, Lord, for changing me. Thank you, Lord, for revealing who you are to me. Begin to remember, remember where the blessings came from. The blessings didn't come because you're smart or you're talented. The blessings came from the Lord. Every good, every good, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. Every good thing, every blessing we have in our life. But we are so independent-minded, we are so selfish, so prideful sometimes, and we think we've done it, we think we've accomplished it, we think it's our ability, we think it's our talent, we think we're so special sometimes, and the Lord's saying, no, no, it was me, I blessed you, I poured it, I gave it to you. Don't, don't forget God. I hope I'm making sense. Don't forget Him. Don't forget where the blessings come from. When, when the Lord brought his people out of Israel or out of Egypt and he was taking them to the promised land and, and Moses began to give the law to them the second time in Deuteronomy chapter 6. We often call that the Hebrew Shema, which it is. Hebrews or Deuteronomy chapter 6. This is the instructions the Lord gave to his people. Beginning in verse number 10. He said this, And it shall be, when the Lord thy God hath brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of good things which thou fillest not, they were spoiled. Wells digged which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full, notice verse 12, then beware, lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. We are so blessed. I think sometimes we just grow complacent, complacent about all this. But we are blessed you're in the house of the Lord today, if you've got a place to live, if you've got food on your table, you've got clothes on your back, you are blessed. It is, it is of the goodness of the Lord. It is of the blessings of the Lord. You're blessed to live in America. And sometimes all we can do is murmur and complain and gripe. Say, God, thank you. God, I just, want to, I just want to pause here for a minute, Lord, and say, God, thank you for changing my life. God, I appreciate you today. You just, you need, some of us, we just need to stop the busyness. We need to stop and slow down and, and put everything aside and say, God, I love you. Lord, I praise you. It is of the goodness of the Lord. And sometimes in our abundance of blessings and the goodness that we have so heaped upon our lives that the Lord just keeps filling our cups over and over. Sometimes we get that, that mindset that it's my goodness, it's my ability. Oh, it's, it's because of my talent. I got that good job. I got that raise. I got that promotion. I got that paycheck. 
And again, that pride, I don't know if anybody else here struggles with pride, but I do sometimes. And sometimes that old stinking pride starts rearing up. We think that it's our own special abilities that's making this happen, that's making this go forward. But it is of the Lord. David said, the Lord, the Lord, he brought me out of a pit. Remember that? The Lord brought me out of a pit. And he set me upon a rock. And he established my goings. And then I like this part. He put a new song in my mouth. The Lord put a new song in my mouth. I'm looking at a group of people here this morning. God's been good to you. God has been good to you. And you can't, you can't in good conscience stand before me and say, oh no, my life is so troubled, my life is so messed up, my, I don't know how this, I don't have that. No, no, God has been good. Oh, he has been so good to us. You say, well, why do I have troubles? Because you're a person. Because you are a human being. You're going to have trouble. You're gonna, but to have the Lord, don't forget him. Don't forget God. See, so, uh, how long, I don't know how long I've been preaching. Luke chapter 12. Is everybody okay? Can I preach for a couple more minutes here, a few more minutes? Can I preach another hour? <laughs> Luke chapter 12. Verse 15. Look at this verse. Or this, this, this is a story that Jesus tells. <clears throat> Pardon me. And uh, 12 and 15, he, Jesus issues this warning. He said, take heed, beware of covetousness, that's greediness, that's always wanting possessions. For a man's life, this, this is a good verse to underline, a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. What a, what, a, what a great truth that is. In other words, your life is not about your car, it's not about your house, it's not about your clothes, it's not about the, the boats and the, all the stuff we accumulate. Nothing wrong with that stuff. But he said, that's not what your life is about. Verse 16, he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do. I'll pull down my barns, build greater. There will I bestow all my fruits and my goods, and I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast built? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself is not rich toward God. Said another way, Paul said, set your affection on things above and not on the earth. It's all about the Lord. It's all about the Lord today. It's, it's, it's making sure we're acknowledging him. It's making sure he's a part of it all. I got to reading this week in the book of Acts. And this New Testament church, of course, they faced all kinds of opposition. They faced all kinds of persecution. But in the 14th chapter of the book of Acts, it says this of them, uh, 27th verse. It should be on the screen there. Acts 14, 27. And when they were come together and had, and when they were come and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them. I like that. How he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. And when they abode, and there they abode long time with the disciples. Church got together. Hey, remember when God healed that person? Remember when God did that for that? Remember how God dealt with Peter? Remember, remember what he did in Samaria? how that he poured out the Holy Ghost upon those Samaritans. What a great thing that was. They began to talk about it, and it wasn't just a little hurry, rushed, 
testimony service, it says they abode with the disciples a long time. It took them some time to talk about it. Hey, folks, we don't have to get in a hurry. We might forget something. We might forget something the Lord's done. But you know what? You know what's good? It's good when families go home from church and they start talking about what God's done. You see how God blessed so-and-so? You see so-and-so praying. Wasn't, wasn't that good when so-and-so got, I remember when so-and-so got healed. And you start talking about these things. Hey, son, hey, daughter. You, and you talk, you're sitting around the table. You're sitting around the table and you're talking about the goodness of the Lord. You're rehearsing things. You're talking about them again and again. And you remember, you don't forget what God has done. See, I, when I was getting ready, I was studying I started thinking about the good things the Lord's done in this church. And Brian and Debbie aren't here this morning, but I remember, I remember the Sunday night. And Debbie was right there. And she had a knee brace on. I don't know if it's ACL or whatever those terms are. She had something wrong with the knee. And right, right there, about the third row back, God healed her body and filled her with the Holy Ghost. All in the same service. How many people were there? How many people remember that? And she took that knee brace off, and she laid it right here. I remember that. What a great God we serve. What an awesome God we have. See, you know what, you know what, I, you know what I remember? I, I remember I remember when Jimmy and Nikki, and this is not gossip, this is not. I remember when they split up and they backslid and they walked away from God. But I remember the mercy of God reaching down to where they were and he reconciled their home and brought them back together. And February something, something, I don't know, I have to look back, but I, we stood over in that building next door and we remarried them, went through the process again. See, that's the goodness of God. That's the blood. See, you, you got to think about these things. You got to you got to rehearse them in your mind. Remember what God has done, because if you don't think about the goodness of the Lord, you leave him behind. And then you try to live your life without the Lord. And God's back here and he wants to be right in the middle of what is going on in your life. I, I remember, Logan, I remember about probably eight years ago, seven, eight, maybe nine years ago. I don't know. I don't know. But how's Caden? So, Sister Jennifer was, was pregnant with Caden, and um, it was during camp meeting, and I was the Sunday school leader for the district, and we were in the day session with the kids in the Sunday school building, and um, we probably had 120 kids or 150 kids in that room, and something, something happened. I don't know exactly the, 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 the details but there was some concern with, with Caden during that time. And Jennifer and Logan had come to the Oklahoma City, and I, if I remember the details right, you had come to the, the city for a doctor's appointment. You were at the city for some reason. But they anyway, they came to the camp meeting that day, that morning service, and they slipped into the Sunday school service where we were at. And there were probably other people from our church that were in that service. But <clears throat> they were there, and Sister Vicki Oliver was doing the kids' services, and she somehow got the attention of Jennifer. And they came up to the front, and they, and you may have to help me with the wording on it, but, but Sister Oliver just, she didn't know the circumstance. She didn't know what was going on, but she just said to Jennifer that everything's going to be fine. And everything was fine. And, and you, maybe, you, maybe you can ask them of the details of everything. But, but I remember times like that. I remember the goodness of God. I remember the healings. I try to rehearse things, and sometimes I have to write them down. And I and I try to keep things. I keep, try to keep track of things, and 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 I, I don't always do a good job of that. But but I want to rehearse them in my mind. I want to rehearse them in my memory of the goodness of God because I don't want to leave those back there. Because as I go forward, there's going to be times I'm going to have to lean on times like that. When I walk in, and I, and I walk in a dark time in my life, I'm going to have to look back and say, you know what, God, help me here. I think God can help me here. 
I think the Lord can carry me through this time. So don't leave God behind. Don't forget. And there's many of us. He's given us a new lease on life. He's changed our hearts. He's changed things in our... And bless Sister Hanson. Bless my wife. But I remember when God spared her. Now you, don't, you might not think that's any big deal, but I do. Because I was in the hospital room when the pulmonologist, he came in the room and he said, he said, most of the time when there's blood clots, they find the blood clots when they stop in the heart and kills people. And he said, by the time the blood clots get in the lungs, she had blood clots in both of her lungs, right? Both lungs had blood clots. But I heard him say, he said, if they're in the lungs, they have already passed through the heart. I was there. I heard that. I don't want to forget. I don't want to leave him behind. Don't forget God. Don't leave him back in your past. Get him in the center of your life. Because he's done so much for us. Hey, anybody remember being baptized in Jesus' name? And coming out of the water clean and having a conscience that was without, void, without any kind of an offense toward God or man? Anybody remember when God delivered you from addiction? Anybody remember when God lifted the cloud off of your life? Anybody remember when he replaced the morning and he put some unspeakable joy in your life? Don't forget God. Don't forget him. I, I, Brother, Brother Good, help me. Did I put Psalms 118 in there? 118 verse 5. I read this verse yesterday morning. I was reading through the Psalms and I read this verse yesterday. Look at this verse. I called upon the Lord in distress. I called upon the Lord in distress. When I read that, there's, there's multiple scriptures that have similar wording and says, says things like this. But, but I thought, what better time to call upon the Lord? What better time to call upon the Lord than in distress? Because distress, sometimes people go the opposite direction. Sometimes people withdraw from God, and they're walking the wrong direction. But the psalmist said, I called upon the Lord in distress. I got closer to God. I went to God. Can I say it this way? When the storm's raging, I called upon the Lord. When the pain was unbearable, I called upon the Lord. When the weight got too heavy, I called upon the Lord. When my mind was filled with too many questions and I couldn't find the answers, I called upon the Lord in my distress. Don't forget God in the distress, in the storm, in the problems. Remember the Lord. And you know what, there might be people who go through life and they, they, they make mistakes and they find themselves like that prodigal in the scripture, the prodigal son who lost everything, he lost his money, and he ends up in the pit with the pigs. And he's, he's looking for something to eat. He's looking for something to chew on. He finds the husk that the swine did eat. But you know what the Bible says? You know what the Bible says? Tyler, you know what the Bible says? When he came to himself. I've got a father. I've got a place to go. I've got a father. And he went back to his father. Stand up. I know you're not a son, but I am a father. And he embraced his father. And his father kissed him. He said, oh, my son that was lost is now found. Said somebody kill the calf because we're going to celebrate. You got to remember, you got to remember that you have a father, that the Lord is near. Don't forget God.
Stand with me, please. Oh, hallelujah. You know, if I were preaching to a bunch of perfect people today, I wouldn't have to worry about a message like this. But every one of us, we have life we're dealing with. And the best message I can tell you is don't forget me. Go back to the place of prayer. Go back to the place of uh, of consecration. Go back to that place. Our sufficiency, the Bible says our sufficiency is of God. Oh, he's here. He's here and he's working. God's working. Hallelujah. I don't want to wake up like Jacob and say, oh, God was church, but I didn't realize it until after I got home. God's here in this place. I wonder if you just begin to pray with me in this sanctuary this morning. I wonder if there's some people who would just say, God, I acknowledge you this morning. God, I acknowledge your greatness. I acknowledge, oh God, the miracles you've done in my life. Is there somebody that would say, thank you, Jesus, for helping me? Is there somebody here that would say, God, you've been so good to me. Lord, my cup is running over. God, thank you for providing for me. Thank you, Lord, for rescuing me. Thank you, Lord, for redirecting me. God, thank you for all the help you brought to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The psalmist said, I will praise him for his mighty acts. I will praise him according to his excellent greatness. Oh, what a great God we serve today. What a wonderful Savior he is. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we praise you this morning. We glorify your name. God, thank you for answering prayers. Thank you, Lord, for provision. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Join me around the altar this morning as we spend some time in prayer today. Hallelujah. When I think about the Lord, when I think about the Lord, how He saved me, how He raised me, how we fill me with the giving praise Ghost, and adoration to the Lord. Me. Giving thanks one God more time for the hope He's brought to us. When I think about the Lord, how He picked me up and He turned me around. How we place my feet on solid ground. When I think about the Lord, how He saved me, how He raised me, how He filled me with the Holy Ghost, how He healed me to the uttermost. When I think about the Lord, how He picked me up. How we place my feet solid ground makes me want to shout hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're worthy of all the glory, Lord, all the goodness, all the praise. It makes me want to shout. about the Lord, how He saved me, how He raised me, how He filled me with the Holy Ghost, how He healed me to the uttermost. When I think about the Lord, how He picked me up and turned me around, how He placed my feet on solid ground. Thank you. 
about the Lord, how He saved me, how He raised me, how He filled me with the Holy Ghost, how He healed me to the uttermost. When I think about the Lord, how He picked me up and turned me around, how He placed my feet on solid ground, makes me want to shout. trumpet sounds I'll be called away it could be tomorrow it could be today when I think about the Lord there'll be no more fears there'll be no more tears we will praise His name forevermore makes me want to shout hallelujah thank you Jesus Lord your word Praise the Lord, praise the Lord.